0: Well, today you're invited to join us for a very special episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. We're going to discuss teaching history effectively in a way guaranteed to create excitement among the students and retention of information, which is our goal. Well, we all strive to do that, and I want you to stay tuned as we start
1: our show. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show.
2: Well,
0: hi and welcome. Today we're talking about taking the mystery out of teaching history. And you know, history is his story. Think about it. Um, I remember first hearing about that and thinking, wow, that is so cool. So as a Christian homeschool mom, I want to teach my children historic facts that are not tainted with a revisionist or secular commentary. And so in order to do this, My co host and I today, Meredith Curtis, are going to share our most successful tips with all of you. Welcome, Meredith.
3: Felice, thanks for having me. I love history, I love teaching it, and so I am really excited for this show today.
0: Oh, that's so good because I um, have to admit that history was not the topic I liked, and as you know, because I um have co authored science curriculum. I enjoyed science a lot better, which I never really liked either. How did I get to be a teacher, Meredith? I <laughs> didn't like <is my laughs> science or history. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I'm really, I, I guess my gifting is in telling other people how to do it and not necessarily enjoying it. But, you know, as a homeschool mom, I love science now, I love history. Um, math, not so much, um, but I like algebra. It's that geometry that, that uh, you know, is not is not my friend. But, um, but still, you know, we have so many great resources um, as Homeschool Moms, and we're going to share some of those uh, with the listeners. And today, our sponsor is Powerline Productions, which is a company that Meredith owns. And Meredith is going to uh, talk to us about some really cool uh, cookbooks that she has put together um, that um, deal with traveling in the kitchen. And you have one on American history and ancient history. So tell us about those.
3: Well, we found in our co-op um, several years ago that the way to the, our son's heart and our husband's to get them more interested in homeschooling was to cook. And so our first cooking adventure was a year we did geography and we cooked authentic foods from each country that we studied. Our husbands loved it. Our sons loved it. So gradually we began to add cooking to our homeschool co-op. And um, when we have American history, we cooked through um, the different time periods. We had ancient history. We cooked foods from ancient cultures that they would have eaten. And so it was a lot of fun. Um, The cookbooks, um, the the Ancient History Cookbook just has recipes, and, um, and then at the end it has a, the actual study guide that we used with all the books and all the activities, and um, people have really enjoyed that. And then the, the American History actually has a history, several pages, about um, 5 to 20 on each chapter. Um, of history itself and then even some of the history of food throughout American history and then it's got um, all kinds of recipes in there and um, some are very authentic some are adapted um, you know there's an authentic turtle soup recipe from uh, Jamestown um, era but um, then others are adapted so um, it's a really fun uh, fun part of learning history.
0: Wonderful, and we have a 50% um, off on those books that can be found at MediaAngels.com, so if you go to MediaAngels.com and click on the Books tab, you'll find a, um, a tab for or a box that has Powerline Productions on it, and just click on that, and I'm going to tell you the code for that, but I'm also uh, going to let you know that. It does expire, so if you're listening to this in the archives and, and perhaps several months has gone through, uh, gone by, this will be good uh, for the month of September. So if you're listening in October or November um, and the code no longer works, uh, what I would ri- recommend you do is follow us on Facebook or just uh, sign up for our email list at either mediaangels.com and also the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network because then you won't ever miss any of our specials because all of that information is in our newsletters for our subscribers. So uh, the code for that is going to be, and this is all capital, and it's the acronym of, of Vintage Homeschool MOM so it's V, H, M, and then P for Powerline Productions. And so you will um, put that code in at checkout and you'll get 50% off and those are ebooks. And then also mediaangels.com has a special on the government and the American history class. The government and history class are videos uh, that you will receive um, via email and there is going to be an option uh, for DVD purchase if you just want to um, purchase the DVDs and have it all in one place. That would be great or you can just watch it on your computer from the website, and there is a $50 off code for that, and it's VHM50, and that is going to work for um, $50 off on those classes. So we are excited to offer that to all of you, and we're going to discuss now how um, we encourage and uh, get our children to be excited about history, and we're going to start with the younger years, and that is the fun time um, to really get your kids motivated about teaching history. So uh, the first thing we do, Meredith, is uh, look at, you know, our uh, favorite vendors and just buy a history textbook and start reading to our kids, right? No. (laughs) Although, you know,
3: I think that many people start like that, and I know I did Mm -hmm. when I first started homeschooling. I I was quite nervous to um, venture out and um, try something, you know, brand new. And so I remember... You know, I, we would read the history textbook, and then I'd think, okay, we've got to have some fun here, and then we would do all the fun activities in addition to reading the textbook out loud. So I think right. that's how I really got started with history unit studies, was an actual textbook.
0: Right, and you can use textbooks. My house, um, you know, does contain textbooks, and I remember um, – when I, was, I wrote the book, uh, Teaching Science and Having Fun, which was the first book I wrote for the homeschool community, and in that book, I had a whole section on textbooks, and I wrote a little disclaimer at the top saying, yes, even I do like textbooks when they're really good ones, and you, like you just said, you can use them as a jumping-off point. Because if we just sit and read to our kids or have them read it, um, there is going to be, and statistics show this, Meredith, there is going to be a very uh, small segment of the population that can actually just read and remember. Um, And they'll be able to answer the questions, you know, very briefly, maybe short-term memory. But then when you ask them later about, you know, what they studied, they're not going to be able to share that with you. So um, one of the things my children were asking me to go over this year are some of the uh, major wars that were, you know, um, we've done a lot of American history and American government, but we really um, have not done a lot of world history that they remember, even though we did it when they were younger, and it was the same thing. It was taking out a book and reading it. So they don't remember, even though it was conversational. I know there's, you know, there are books out there that are, um, like a story, and people like those, but I remember reading um, some of those books and being upset because they, instead of using um, B.C. and A.D., they were using a secular terminology, and it was before current age, um, and that was something that my daughter um, was introduced to in college, and so when I pulled out those books, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm as my kids would say, I flipped out <laughs> and started ranting at the book and saying, you know, what is this? Why are they putting this in here? You know, and and so I have a, a difficulty with that. So that's why I like biographies um, when the kids are little, and it, it's more of an entertaining talking about somebody's life and also, like you were saying, you know, the hands-on things. So, you know, let's, let's just talk about... Um, how, you know, because we're, we're throwing out a lot of things, you know, do, do fun activities, biographies, you know, cook with your family. But, but what, are you, um, are you thinking that a co-op is a good thing and, and maybe let's do a definition of co-op real quick. And I'm also going to point everyone um, to a show on our network, on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, if you're listening on iTunes or one of the other feeds. You may not often go to our site, so um, there are some great shows, and one of them is a show that is uh, called Homeschooling Co-op Style, and Pat Wasilowski, um has done a lot of um, sessions on, you know, effective co-ops. So what would be one of your recommendations? Like, let's just go over um, a day, uh, you know, and just give them some ideas of how to well, let's,
3: first of all, it's defined co-op. I think I threw out that question, well, and
0: I'm not Well, we you a have chance.
3: homeschooled, um, three different ways. We've homeschooled mm-hmm. doing history, just our family, and then sometimes inviting friends over for certain activities. We've homeschooled mm-hmm. with another family where it was just the two families, and did history like that, and that's actually how our church co-op grew, was just, um, the Nolet family and our family doing, um, history together for years and years i think um over 10 uh maybe since 2000 i think we've done history together as families and gradually some years you know someone else would join us maybe like an only child and her mom Mm -hmm. or and then finally we just started adding more and more families until we had to make it a structured co-op and um there i think there's an important aspect that's Doing history alone with your children, where you read out loud to them, because history is full of stories and it is really fun Um, to read books out loud, picture books out loud. There's some amazing picture books that are, you know, like the Library at Alexandra that has beautiful pictures and it's 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 really a picture book written for um, high schoolers and adults. Um, And then there's um, you know that reading aloud time, but it's also fun to make things with, you know, with a, with friends sometimes, you know, where you're making hands-on activities and um, maybe, like, we love to watch videos along with what we're studying. So we always had, like, something that was the core of what we were studying. There's a textbook that we really like. Uh, Becca's third grade textbook is really just autobiographies. I mean, biographies in order, um, and so every chapter is a biography, and mm-hmm. you were talking about biographies, and that's right. how we did history one year with the little ones. It didn't matter what grade the textbook was. We all did it, all the kids together. We read it out loud. And then from that, we um, we did activities. We did crafts. We made up little skits. We acted them out. Um, we made um, food. We, When we studied colonial America, we decorated the table. We set the table symmetrically, perfectly symmetrically, because that was a big thing back then. And so we did all kinds of hands-on activities. We did, you know, we pretended to write a diary um, for someone or make up stories set in the time period or newspaper interviews, and so we allowed different things to springboard from our study Um, of history another thing that i did when the kids were little is we had christmas unit studies and we studied christmas in colonial america or um you know different christmas with anne of green gables or and so we just studied it in different time periods and then we would as part of school um make all of our wrapping paper and all of our cookies and all of our menu planning was related to whatever time we were studying in history. And um, so, so we have done, I would say, to define a co-op would be a group of three or more families that are coming together and each parent is participating in teaching and the kids are all learning together. But just doing one other family was really fun for right. our two families for years and years. Yeah, and
0: and that's the thing, you know, I've done all kinds of things with five. We did one with five families, and it was American history, and it was very involved. Um, And then the other segment of it was science, and that was very involved. So we took turns each month teaching that month, and we met one time a week. So while the family did things at home, and we covered whatever it was that we were going to be studying, at home we would go to the co-op, and that's where we would reenact, like we did the – I think colonial America is a great thing for younger kids, and especially if you can do it around Thanksgiving time. And we had a feast set up where, you know, the mom made individual bread that they used as a plate because they often did that back then. And she gave, you know, each of the kids these little loaves of bread, and she had an entire chicken and they had to eat with their fingers, and she even let them throw the bones on the floor, <laughs> you know, because oh. that's what they would do, because the dogs would eat them, and now we don't give our dogs chicken bones. And, um, you know, and it, and she had her neighbors dress up as king and queen that were holding court. And and it was a total surprise. And, that, of course, this is, you know, over overkill for those of you listening and going, Ugh, I just needed to cover history and not get so in, into, you know, this, over over the top kind of a thing, but my kids to this day remember that Meredith. They remember oh, like eating that. the chicken and you know throwing the bones on the on the floor. It was the only time in their life. You know she had tiled floors, <laughs> of course. You know half of the kids. Then they went out and they um, they were doing something with their horses, and, and that part kind of was fuzzy. But um, I guess it was medieval. That's what it was because they went outside and they jousted. That so was the medieval period. It Aww. wasn't colonial. Yeah, so they had you know costumes that they made, and she was a seamstress and she helped them sew, and so it it was really something else. And and I um, had them do a weather station, so they made all different types of of instruments to test the weather, and then at the end we had them do their own weather broadcast, and and we had props and things like that. But you know it's it, and we videotaped it, so we still have that. Um, but you know there, there are some things you can do that you, that are only really um, you know are, are going to work with a co-op, and then there are other things you do as an individual family. And like you said, you know you can do things simply with crap. So let's let's just go over a day. So if we have the young ones and and um, we're going to be doing American history, what I do, and then Meredith, I'd like you to share what you do, is I split up the week, and my preference is to do it. Um, when they were really young, I would do it in, in half a year. So like the first half of the year we would do American history and the second half of the year we did science. As they got older, um, I needed to do both because I was finding that they weren't remembering specific things if they only did it, you know, once every half a year. So then I would break up my week, and it would either be um, Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because I always left Friday as our catch-up day. And then when they're younger, if there's a field trip, it's normally planned on a Friday, and you don't feel guilty for taking off of school. And I'm going to encourage you, if you have that opportunity within your community um, to go on field trips, uh, do do take those opportunities, because it really – Um, It's great for the kids, but it's great for the moms to connect with other homeschool moms. You know, there's a dual purpose there. Um, So then on Monday and Wednesday, we would do American History, and on Tuesday and Thursday, we would do Science. And then one time, um, you know, like every two weeks, I would have something really special that would be a craft or something special that we would do, and um, each Time that I read to them, or they would read a section to me, because sometimes I would do that if I was finding that I was losing them. So we would pass around the book. So, you know, somebody would read, um, you know, a a portion or a page and then pass it to the other person. And I would often have um, pages that they could color. And again, it depends on your child. If you have a child who has some uh, learning issues and maybe can't concentrate, like I have one that has to doodle on everything, but as I'm talking to you, I'm doodling on my paper, <laughs> on my notes, which makes it sometimes hard to see what I wrote. But I have a couple that are doodlers because they think when they doodle. And then I have one that cannot color at all or do anything or I'm going to lose them. And then I have another one that just needs to write down some keywords to remember. So as you progress in your homeschooling, you'll find those children that need those little prompts. And, you know, just work on that accordingly. <clears throat> I wish it was one size fits all if my kids say one size fits most. <laughs> that's uh-huh. so true. Aww. Uh, yeah. So, so that's what we would do. And then, you know, each month would be a theme because I felt like I could take the book, look at it, and say, okay, this is the theme of the month. And that worked for me. And I mapped out my year. And if I would sometimes feel like we're getting lost, like, oh, gosh, we didn't cover history on Monday because someone was sick or, you know, something happened, um, you know, I could go back to my theme and on Wednesday I would just give them a synopsis, maybe not read every single thing, um, and then catch us up that way. Because I think some families get bogged down with, oh, gosh, we didn't cover this, so we're so behind, and, and you start stressing it all, and, and you can – very quickly catch up with just giving them some key points and information and not feeling like you have to read every single word. So that was how my day was. So, how did you, or you, my week, so how did you do yours, Meredith?
3: Well, we would usually um, do, you know, language arts and math and science in the mornings. And then um, after lunch or during lunch, we would read aloud and we did the same thing. We would pass the book around. And um, if, you know, if the kids, some of the kids, the older ones, they might be reading biographies at the same time, and then or historical fiction, and share what they learned. And um, then we would always we would always do an activity. Um, so maybe on Monday we would um, read out loud, and we read a lot of picture books because. Um, I found even with my teenagers, they loved picture books. And sometimes we would, you know, um, get, like, I remember studying cowboys. I have this picture book with all these real-life photographs of cowboys. And we would all just sit on the couch, and we would, after we read, like, you know, whatever we were using as kind of our core thing, then I would, we would look at, just look at all the pictures of cowboys. And so then Monday we might write, um you know, pretend that we were a famous person in pioneer days and, and, you know, write a letter to the editor of the newspaper about all the traffic when... I love it. You know, the Oregon Trail was starting out, and so we Mm -hmm. might do that. And then we might um, draw a picture of something that's set in that time period, like, um, you know, what what did... um, a street look like or what did a house look like, What you know, something like that. And then um, maybe that would be it for history. Then the next day we would read aloud again. It might just be a picture book or it might be something meatier. And then um, we might churn butter. And, oh, that's um, cool.
2: The kids then, love that,
3: don't they? Yeah, write a letter to Grandma and Grandpa about what we did and, you know, bake bread. So maybe if we were baking bread, we'd bake bread in the morning and then churn butter. And then we would talk about, you know, what it's like to bake your own bread and churn your own butter and how hard, you know, the kids had to work. And then um, a lot of times when we would do stuff like that, we would dress up. So we would dress up and then do those things. And then maybe on Wednesday, again, we would read out loud and, um We might study about different inventions during that time and try to find pictures of them, try to act them out. Or maybe, like, if we're talking about something like the telephone, do, like, the telephone and the string cups. And, um, again, like, maybe make something to eat out of that time period. Or do a craft, um, like a model log
2: cabin
3: out of cinnamon sticks or something like that and then anyway and one thing that um i really love with young ones is hands-on museums and Mm -hmm. yeah in florida we don't have tons and tons of history except of course for st augustine which is the oldest place but when you're talking about like american history um, we don't have as much, you know, as people do, say, in Virginia or Massachusetts. or. But there is a lot of stuff um, in Florida from the Victorian times, from pioneer days, because there were a lot of Florida cowboys. And um, so those are really fun, is to go to hands-on museums. And um, I remember there's a Victorian home in Longwood. I live in Lake Mary and they you tour the home and then the kids made a hat box and then they decorated a straw hat and so cuz that's what the ladies wore and so that was a really special time so we would we did a lot more um field trips when the kids were younger than we do in high school we never seem to have time for field trips and stuff like that except when mom says okay we're all going to the beach <laughs> we'll count it <laughs> as a field trip <laughs> but, um, so that, those are just some of the things you know like we would do um, that mm-hmm. would be fun and we love to pretend to like if we were studying Pioneers we'd take one day where we'd pack up everything we own in a covered wagon and you know what would we take with us and things like That's that cool. so
0: right well we're we're blessed because we have edison's museum right here in fort myers so oh, you know that right. was someplace that was really easy to go to and because um it, this is a fort it it was named after um the general's uh son or son-in-law and his last name was myers so that's how fort myers was was chosen as a name and we have some uh very small but in downtown Fort Myers which is very small um it has some really cool places you can go that have um things from the building of the town so um that was one of the things I read when I was first married and moved to Fort Myers and I I asked my husband well he grew up here and I I said um you know how did, how did this get named and he didn't know <laughs> so <laughs> So to a library, and I got some books in the downtown library um, near where we lived, and, it, it, you know, there was even a museum when I was checking out these books. The librarian told me that. So um, I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, you know, you can look and just see if there is something local, and there were some really great books that we got for field trips when my kids were younger, and they have them for Florida. I'm not sure they have it for everywhere, but it was um, a series of books that was, they were called Day Trips. And you oh, cool. could, yeah, look at the at your state, and it broke it up, and um, it broke it up into quadrants. So what would be close to you? And we're in southwest Florida. So we I bought that book, and then we liked it so much. I mean, we went to some very lame, um, you know, day trips, but, like, one was um, it had a, a train and a park, and that was it. And oh. that train was from something, you know, it made it in the book. So there were some, you know, that weren't that great, but others that were really fabulous, and we enjoyed that, and and so that was a fun thing. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the upper grades, the middle grades, and high school, so stay tuned.
2: What happens when you learn about the fabulous facts of American history, add notable presidential events, and a good measure of the U.S. Constitution? Well... You get a history class that is informative and has no rival. These 64 hours of video taught by AP level instructor and award-winning professor of American history, Robert Woodrow Wilson, were recorded with a live audience. Now available on demand on your time, you can view this class in the comfort of your own home. This video course comes with instruction, handouts, and the tools you need for a high school level course that can be enjoyed by students of all ages especially designed for the homeschool audience and published and produced by Media Angels, a company you have learned to trust with the goal of excellence in education. Need more information? Sure. Go to MediaAngels.com or go to AmericanHistoryKidsClass.com and order your set today. Your kids will thank you.
0: Well, hi, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz with co-host Meredith Curtis on Vintage Homeschool Moms, and today we're talking about teaching American history. Um, we covered uh, teaching American history to the younger kids in our class, and in our show notes, Meredith and I um, will give you some links to some of our favorite uh, history curriculums, and several of our, our um favorite history curriculums are actually cookbooks that Meredith has put together. And the cookbooks are so great because they're broken up um, into uh, a certain segment of time, and Meredith has one for American history and also ancient history. So um, those are ones you're going to want to take a look at. And there will also be a coupon code in our show notes. And you might be listening to this on iTunes or on your computer and you're saying, well, where are the show notes? Well, thanks for asking. If you go to um, either the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and click on um, the tab for Vintage Homeschool Moms, it's actually a button, or you can go to VintageHomeschoolMoms.com and look for the session on uh, teaching history. And you'll find them there. Well, Meredith, uh, middle years, middle grades, uh, so anything from for for our home, it's anything from sixth grade and up um, to high school, which is ninth grade and up, and we are just like you um, when we're studying a specific topic, everybody studies the same topic, and then what we do with the older children is they can do in a, a, a little bit um, more difficult project or paper And, you know, that works really well, Um, but you're covering the same topic, so you're not uh, doing a lot of different, you know, I can't imagine teaching a world history class. Uh, I actually did do that one year because one of my children needed to have world history when we were still doing American history with the younger kids, and I didn't want to switch them. So we did co-op that year, and um, I took American history, and my friend taught world history. So to the older kids and I did the younger. But that was difficult. I felt like, you know, it was <laughs> kind of a schizophrenic year.
3: <laughs> so I like them
0: all in the same period of history. Um, I know some people use a classical approach um, to teaching uh, a lot of Charlotte Mason uh, people out there. And the, these are different approaches um, to teaching that homeschoolers enjoy. And, uh, you know, classical uses a four-year Um, you know, change where they study specific things in each of those years and then they do it again but a little bit more deeper. And uh, Charlotte Mason is a lot of reading um, and a lot of nature studies um, instead of, you know, more of an exploratory science, which I like. I like the kids to – I think that's one of the reasons my kids do well on – Uh, the thinking skills type of thing, um, because we did a lot of investigative science that was beyond just nature studies. Okay, so when we're talking about um, older children, um, how much of this changes, Meredith? I know some of the little crafts are going to
3: change, but... Well, there were some things that I did not mention with the little kids that we did do, and we do them a lot in middle school and high school, so I'm going to touch on those First is that is, um, number one, we memorize some basic dates, and we'll just start with the dates and we'll run through them. And so we'll start with, um, you know, circa, um, my mind just went blank, 4,000 B.C., God creates the world. Circa, Mm -hmm. you know, 15, anyway, we just go through like Noah's flood, David, Abraham, um, well, Abraham, David, um, Jesus, uh, before Jesus, Alexander the Great conquers the entire known world, Um, the fall of the Roman Empire, um, the Battle of Hastings where where William Normandy becomes king of England, the Magna Carta, um, the Reformation, um, the Pilgrim's Land at Plymouth, or James, Christopher Columbus discovers the New World. The Pilgrims land at Plymouth, on and on and on. And, and we mm-hmm. we have about twenty of those dates. And the reason why we have those dates, the reason why those dates were chosen, is because they they're pegs. That if you know, okay, the Magna Carta was signed here, um, right. and you can kind of hang your hat on those pegs, and you can kind of get an idea of where dates are in relation to those and so um, you have um, the renaissance and the reformation they're kind of vague but if you can remember the date of um, martin luther um, hanging the 95 thesis 1517 you can remember 1492 Mm -hmm. columbus sailed the ocean blue you know the renaissance is really before columbus and the reformation is after and it's just a lot easier, I think, to keep a big picture in your mind. Right. And one of the things me, that we love – oh,
0: go ahead. Me, I want to jump in. And that I forgot all about the timeline because that's exactly what you're talking about. And I have two huge timeline books. I ended up giving one to Christina, my daughter, um, who homeschools. But that's – you know, because it, it's been a while um, – I have two 11th graders now. So you're right. You know, the timelines help as well. So as they're memorizing that, they can either put it in a timeline book, uh, which is what we switched to when with this group of kids. And then when my kids were younger, we actually had a timeline going around the room, which was very popular um, back then.
3: Yeah, and that's one of the things that we um, do when we study world history and American histories, we always do a timeline, and I have a picture of one day I took um, one of those rolls of paper, and I started at the front door, and I rolled it all the way to the back (laughs) wall, and then I gave everyone a different century to put some important dates in, and we did, and it was just really a neat way to look at history. And then, of course, at the very end, well, past the year we were studying, it said Jesus returns. And I mean, not too Aww. far past. And um, it just gave them a picture of um, history has a beginning mm-hmm. and it has a focal point, which is Jesus, and it has an end which is when he returns and history is no more and the earth is destroyed and there's a new heaven and a new earth. And so I think that's an important concept. I think little kids grasp that with a timeline. And I think older kids love timelines because they love to see, even last year we were doing our American History timeline and some of the high school kids were saying, oh, I'm too big to do a timeline, you know. But then they were fascinated by, oh, I didn't know that this person lived at the same time as this person. And it was very exciting to them. Or you see the patriarchs um, i mean the um the very beginning people, you know Adam and Seth and all of those people, and how they overlap and how their lives overlap, so I think it's very exciting to do a timeline and it helps history to make some sense and um especially for visual people and then another thing that we do a lot of is we do maps, and when mm-hmm. we're studying about you know say the um um explorers will will just get a big world map and we'll have a different color and we'll do all of columbus's explorations in one color and um all of balboa's in another color and uh, all of john cabot's in another color and that just kind of gives them a picture of you know where they went what they're doing and and so um i think maps help and, and another thing that you you easily see with maps is how history, you know, civilization, cities spring up around water. They spring up around fertile land and different things like that, and you can see that easily with the map. So um, those are some just like kind of in the background things that um, we do that I think are effective all the way from first grade to high school, and I'm not a big memorizer. The only dates I really have kids memorize is those big those big important dates because if they memorize those, they can fit in all the other dates and and you know get them. But you know immediately if you say well Adam Smith he wrote wealth of the nations in 1776, oh my goodness that you know that's the same year that the declaration of independence was signed and so right. um I think that that Is exciting to kids. Um, And then I would say in middle and high school, the one thing that changes is I begin to teach them the whys behind things, and I start using a lot of original documents because there is not just revisionist history in public schools, but a lot of history textbooks that are sold and, and, you know, to Christians and people think they're Christian, but they're not. And um, I think it's really important to go back in time, like when we study the Salem witch trials. We go back and we read about them. We read newspaper accounts of them. We read what Cotton Mather had to say and, and what really did happen. Right. Because yeah. When when you when you do that, you get a different perspective. And also by going back in time, you see people and their relationship to Jesus Christ. And that has a huge effect on our children, especially when we live in such a – we're in such a time of apostasy. So Mm -hmm. I think that makes a huge difference.
0: Right. I I think that's very important as well because um, that's exactly the focus of the classes that um, I ended up sponsoring. Uh, My brother-in-law taught, and they were the American History and American Government And my children first took those classes. Um, Nicholas was high school, but Ann and Michael were, you know, three and five years younger than he, he was. And they were able to sit and listen. But one of the things he does in the American, um, history videos is it's all, it's not a picture, you know, you're not looking at him, you're looking at slides. And he would just show pictures and a few words, but very much, you know, with pictures. So first he went through the timeline of American history, and he called them fabulous facts. So the very important um, facts in history that, that changed the world. And he didn't comment on them one way or the other, this is good, this is bad. You know, he just talked about the event. Then he went into you know the timeline of what he he called presidents, and then he would talk like if he talked about the um, you know Eli Whitney's grain mill, um, whatever it was like my mind just went blank too. <laughs> you know he would he would just show a picture of that mill, and then he would expect the kids to know what president was president when that you know that mill was when Eli Whitney invented it the cotton oh, wow. the cotton mill. And so you're, at first, the children were, you know, shocked, and they had no idea, and he didn't expect them to know. But they had um, a run chart, and they had to put down, I think he showed them 10 um, events or 10 pictures each, each class, and it took an hour because some slides he would talk more than others, and he would, you know, give you this background of this, you know, who the president was, some of the things he did, and not say his name. And then they, he would say, "What president was this?" And so they had to guess. And it was astounding, without a ton of information, how very quickly, you know, within I would say a few weeks, they were then because then he showed the same, you know, a couple of the same slides. And you know, by the end, they were getting at least nine out of ten. And oh and wow! Did, yeah, it was it was amazing because they had nothing to go on before that but he also gave them a whole rundown of American history to begin with and then he he would um switch in the morning he would do the American history and then in the afternoon he did the president for two sessions at the beginning he did just American history and i thought that was a really interesting way to teach it he was um and i think this is why you know there's there's not a a flavor of um this is a right and wrong because he taught this in the public school but he is a conservative christian and that just comes out like he talks mm-hmm. about um, you know george washington and he talks about some things and it, and it does come out but he wants the children to discuss it with the parents and he wants us to be able to impart our worldview on on this so it's, it's really a wonderful class. Like, a, there's nothing else like it out there. And, um, you know, and, and he custom taught it for my children, and then we opened it up. Uh, now it's, it is already videotaped and archived, and then there is a question and answer at the end from the students who were there, and he is available to answer questions if someone does get the set and has questions. And the same thing with the government class. He did government and elections. There was an election at the time but he told you where to go to look for true, you know, as true as you're going to get of, of statistics, you know, what sites not to go to. And it was, it was really interesting in how to look at a political candidate. And after teaching this class, some of the mothers, um, one right here in Fort Myers, um, some of you may recognize the name Tara Jenner because Tara has um, in the past has taught a lot of the Um, ultimate homeschool expo sessions we have um, a seminar that we do online and of course Meredith was one of our keynote speakers but Tara has organized a uh, coalition at her church that um, discusses what's going on even though she's a homeschool mom discusses what's going on in the school board. And um, they're trying to get this mandatory testing passed, and she's organizing people. And every Thursday, they're getting together to not only pray, um, but to be proactive. And that's exactly um, what came out of Woody's class. And so, um, you know, it was amazing to me, uh, Meredith, because all he did, you know, was showing these random pictures, I thought, you know, but there was – he does have a methodology behind it, and he – was teacher of the year two, two different times in, um, in West Virginia where he taught. And he didn't, because he, he loved the concept of homeschooling, you know, he's been married to my sister-in-law for, um, I think they've been married one year less than us, like 34 years. So he, you know, at first was um, not sure about homeschooling, but because he was so amazed at the growth, because we had, um, you know, two of my, my other sister-in-law and I homeschooled, And he was so impressed with homeschoolers that he decided to do this class in the public forum as a pass-fail. And they were amazed um, at how well his students did. And this was just one um, period of of class, like within a week. And they were always asking him to do more because they enjoyed it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So it, it really was a great class for us.
3: I really that that is so awesome and you know I think one of the things about a good teacher is that it gives people um a hunger to learn and I think one of the things about teaching history or science even if you're not enthusiastic to pray until you are enthusiastic because when you have a love of learning about history or science it really passes that on to your children awesome. and I I've been really surprised with how much my kids love history because we love it. Um, we used some textbooks this past year by Ben um, Carson, not by Ben Carson, he is the doctor, by Clarence E. Carson. And they were very, very meaty and very, very phys- uh, philosophical. And the kids learned really the why behind everything, and we had a lot of great discussions this year. And one of the things he did, in it's everything that happened, um, every change that was made in the government, new laws that were passed and trends, he examined them in light of the Constitution. And um, my children are very now, um, not just my children, but the co-op kids are very, very Tuned in now when things happen in the news, they're like, Hold on, is this constitutional? I know. Well, I that's don't know. It. What do you think about that? Do <laughs> so they pull out their pocket
0: constitution? Because Woody had them, um, when, he, when he did the American history, that's exactly what he did. He had them get a copy of the constitution and he would actually read certain sections. So in the classroom, he didn't read it to them, he just paused. But I told them, you know, because this is a video, go ahead and read that section. And then they would look at what happened. And that's um, what we're doing with the show as well. But he it was so funny. He said, it's your enthusiasm. He would start each class with, you know, welcome lovers of American history. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that cute? yeah but yes. cute, You know, that you're already setting the, the stage that they're going to be lovers of American history, whether they're not, you know, they are or not. So. Yes, the Constitution is important. You should have um, a copy of that, and they are uh, freely available online and I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine, um and she has a pocket constitution that she keeps in her purse so you know I thought that was so so amazing. Um, And she's an attorney as well. But, you know, that we are letting our kids see, you know, does this hold up the the Constitution? There are so many things happening today, um, which is the show we have current issues and the Constitution. Um, There are, uh, it's on Wednesday uh, when we host that show, and you can find that on our our, uh, website as well. And that is two times um, per month now. Um, So it was weekly. And so Woody is teaching that, and, he's, and that's looking at current issues and the Constitution and asking the students, what do you think? And then he gives, you know, um, a perspective on that. So it, it is pivotal in this day and age um, to do that. So what about world history? I think we've covered American. Unless you had something else you wanted to add about American history that we didn't cover?
3: All of of the things I I would talk about have to do with both and I am excited to share something and this is fun with world history is that we didn't talk yet about art and music, architecture and fashion. And I think when you get into world history, that's so absolutely fascinating. Um, is to look at the different clothes they wore and mm. and try to duplicate the costumes or draw them and um and then the art the artwork to me and the music is so fun and it's very interesting, you know like we were talking um one day just recently about the renaissance and all the beautiful artwork of the renaissance but then i was saying but you know i really don't like the music of the renaissance and they said no i don't like it either it's kind of different and we were talking about the style they used in the harmony and it wasn't really harmony it was almost like two melody lines and sometimes when you listen to it it feels like they're conflicting rather than complimenting And, you know, learning about, like, uh, Pope Gregory and the Gregorian chants and what a godly man he was and what a heart he had for worship – And then there's, um, you know, the different um, learning about the romantic style of music and the time and the philosophies behind it, and then looking at architecture that's romantic, looking at paintings that are romantic, and seeing the same style in all of those different ways and how it reflects the philosophy. And one thing that I have all my high school kids watch is, um, oh, it's Francis Schaefer's video. Frankie Schaefer produced it. Um, Where, oh, I can't believe I'm so old. Um, how then shall we live? How then shall we live? And he takes art and architecture and music from the very beginning. Um, of what we still are able to find. You know, we we can't obviously find, like, the artwork that Noah's sons did, uh, or maybe, I don't know, we haven't yet, or what Seth was up to, or Jubal. But um, mm-hmm. but we are able to, he traces it all the way from the, the Greeks and the Romans, and, you know, he goes all the way down through the current age. And it's very interesting how philosophy and books kind of and literature shape a culture and then art and music reflect that. And um, very fascinating, I think. I I just feel very incomplete in teaching if we don't sing songs from the time. And um, we sing all these crazy songs, but hymns, like the, going back to hymns, I just sang a hymn um, for communion a few months ago um, that was written in the, the 300s. And I think that is just so fascinating to think about how old, you know, some of these hymns are, and how long right. people have been singing them. So, um, music is fun, That's and my kids—they cool. enjoy yeah. American history music, world history music, and I think as you go really, really far back to ancient civilizations, it's of course harder to find music and to find art, but. Um, I think that's a really fun part of world history. And again, with world history, um, I think an important point with middle school and high school would be to explain the worldview of the culture because the worldview of the culture makes a really big difference in what they do and why they do it. And, um, you know, anyway,
0: so. Yeah, it is. And, and it's funny because I picked up well, just a couple of things. First, let me back up on the music thing, um, and that is for those of you that don't know, um, Meredith is the worship leader at her church, and her husband is a pastor. So, um, it doesn't surprise me one bit that she would love the music, part of it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yes. so, I enjoy music, and I cannot play it, and I do like to sing, but um, but yeah, that that. So I'm just smiling, and so wanted to fill that in for all of you that, that don't know Meredith. And she um, hosts a show monthly uh, called The Finish Well Show, and you'll want to check that out. It's also at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and you'll see a big FW for Finish Well. And she's got that. It's geared for teens, and she does a really good job with Worldview on that, um, that podcast. So if you have, um, you know, teenagers that are interested um, – And hearing some other teens who are, um, you know, really, they really love the Lord. That's a great, great uh, podcast to go follow. Uh, And so I wanted to talk about, um, you mentioned worldview. So I picked up a world history um, textbook. I can't even tell you where. It was either given to me or sometimes people will give me a crate of books and say, you homeschool and you know other homeschoolers, can you share this? I don't want to just give it you know, to goodwill or something like that. And I pulled it out and I thought, okay, well, here's a secular book and when my kids are in high school, I'm going to go through this with them. Meredith, I could not get through the book. It made me so angry because it started with ancient man and I I had to take out my creation science book, um, the study guide, because I have study guides that um, go through the nuances of creationism. And I had to read from our, our outline all of the fallacies And I finally just said to them, you know what, I said, you know, you've gotten a taste of how people view history, that they're viewing it from the beginning of ancient man. They're still mentioning things that have totally been um, discarded and disproved, you know, and I said, um, you know, this is why I have difficulty with it, but I you know I wanted to at least introduce him to it. so we didn't even get through the first chapter oh because my. I just couldn't. <laughs> it just was, oh my gosh, I'm gonna read all of this and we're gonna discuss something that's non-existent, you know, um so I think the Piltdown man was one of them, and it was a pig's tooth that was matched with the cranium that was found in a different location, or you know that was uh one of them was there. Um, two years before that was buried by the professors and then they had their class go find it two years later so you know yeah it's just aggravating to me and um, you know if evolution was a truth we should find so many uh, fossils of early man because it was billions of years that they're saying that we existed so where is all the evidence and there still isn't so um, so, yeah, it, it's been, um, and, and then that ties in also with our science and what we're studying, and then we're going to do a whole section on um, anatomy this year. And I like in high school especially, and especially either American or world, because you're right, they both tie in, but to, to tie that in with literature. So we do a lot of reading of, um, you know, American literature not only biographies but also authors I'll pick out some specific authors that um you know I feel are are good to read and it's it it's not so difficult in the past it's very very difficult in the present to find good books for your kids to read and um and then I do the same thing with world history you know um that's where you know the kids can read authors. You know, you know, British literature is always so much fun. Although I start getting um, emails from Anne. Um, she read Anne of Green Gables, and oh, what else did she read? Uh, my mind's going too. But some of the classics. And I was getting mm-hmm. emails, mother. It is you know forthwith that you know I can't even <laughs> do it right now. But to Aww. this day, she call, she read this a couple of years ago, she still calls me mother, you know, and we just laugh, you know, and it, it's kind of stuck. And then she would try to speak in that language, you know, very uh-huh. cultured, very flowery, uh, overuse of adjectives, but so beautifully done, you know, um, it, it's just beautiful. It's like when I read C.S. Lewis, I, I have to stop and just, just ponder his words because they're so elegant. You know, in, in two sentences, he set the scene and you've got the flavor of the character, you know. Uh, but, um, but that's, you know, where we can, as homeschool moms, bring in. I can bring in C.S. Lewis this year. I can bring in a lot of the really good materials that I want my children to read, and I do count that for... Um, you know, American history or world, I mean, American literature or world literature. And then, you know, obviously we have a writing segment. And this year, I have to give a shout out, um, who's not our sponsor, but, uh, Write Shop. Um, we, uh, ordered the second, um, part, she has a Write Shop one and two for high school. And, um, my children are really enjoying that. And it's, we're using it as a refresher. Um, obviously they've had a lot of writing. But I felt like it was very haphazard, and um you know they've been really enjoying that um, that Kim put together so um you know it's it's a good way um for for some of us that you know. Meredith, you are so creative. Like when you were talking, I was like, how does she think of these things? (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, it's a gift. You know, you are so creative, and you can come up with all of these great ideas. And so for those, you know, listening who are saying, gosh, this is such great information, but I'm a little bit overwhelmed, Um, and what we'll do, uh, Meredith will – and I um, have a list of some of our favorite resources. And I have a question here. Um, you mentioned somebody by the name of Clarence. I didn't get his last name for history.
3: Oh, Clarence Carson.
0: Carson. Okay. And and what was and the book? Do you remember the title of the book?
3: Um, basic history of the United States. But I will check on that and I'll post it on my on. Um, um, my Facebook, and the Media Angel Facebook.
0: Okay. And then also um, you can send that to me, and we'll have it in our show notes.
2: And oh, so again, Okay.
0: Yeah. And, again, to find our show notes, just go to Vintage Homeschool Moms and look for Teaching History, and you will find that. And... Um, and that will be great. And then, you know, for more information about any of the things that we've talked about, you can connect to us. I know some of you have emailed and said, you know, you're not on social media. Um, and so that's fine. You can send us an email um, at Felice at MediaAngels.com. And one of the cool things about subscribing to our e-zine is that you can just hit reply to that email and it will come directly to me. So if you have any questions, and that's how we get a lot of comments on our shows. And, um, you know, if anybody has any any um, questions or anything, you can contact me. I have a little disclaimer in my easing saying, you know, give me a couple of days. Sometimes I can respond right away or give me a couple of days um, to respond because I do sleep and uh, I do take some weekends off. So <laughs> I've <laughs> had uh, people who said, you know, I sent you an email two days ago, and and I think I, I was really tired that day, and um, I had taken some time off, so
2: it's just always a good thing
0: to do, and, uh, yes, you know, it, is. It, it is. So, Meredith, it has been a pleasure having you on, and one of the things, um, again, I want to um, ask our listeners uh this is uh what, what's called a um now my mind just went again. Oh gosh, don't you love um we're vintage moms here, so that's my yes. disclaimer. Oh, <laughs> uh, but a shameless plug. There we go. Um and that is if you're listening to us on, on iTunes or you have access to iTunes, if you would favorite our show, um that really helps us a lot. And also Uh, give us a rating because um, it really helps get good content up on the iTunes uh, charts and it allows other people to um, enjoy the podcast. So, of course, um, if you've enjoyed it, you know, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have any questions or even requests for future shows, let us know. I think my shows are mapped out um, until October, but, um, you know, either one of us would be happy to, you know, Give you um, you know some of the things you'd like to discuss, and on finish well, Meredith, you have um, some of your upcoming topics, and so people can look at that as well on the on the website and uh, find out, and then they can contact you um, as well. So um, if yes. you want to contact Meredith, you can just email me, and I will forward it to her. And so, well, our time is up and so we've gone over an hour today I try to keep it under but sometimes we do and I hope all of you have enjoyed the show again Meredith thank you so much for being such a dear friend and coming on with me today
3: thank you so much for having me Felice. God bless you and everyone who's listening and happy teaching history
0: yes (laughs) take care bye bye
3: bye bye
1: thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.